Hey friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I am Audrey and I'm your host and I am so happy that you're joining back here on the podcast. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have grown and evolved throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player app so you'll never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. How are you all doing? Right now, I'm in a bit of a recovery mode after having some family visit this past week. It was fun to get to be able to experience some more of Madrid with them as well as get to visit Paris. I honestly was skeptical about Paris being able to live up to the hype, but I'm surprised to report that it truly did. In fact, I would give Paris five croissants out of five. Definitely worth a visit if you have the chance. Also, fun fact, today on the day this pod releases is my little brother's birthday. So a big happy birthday shout out to my little brother and fellow co-worker, John. Love you, broskies. Listeners, welcome to our 48th episode with Emily Aborn. Emily was born and raised in New Hampshire and Maine where she lives today in New Hampshire with her husband and her dog Clyde. She would consider her job to be her passion, but when she's able to pause, she enjoys curling up with a good book. In fact, last year she read 43 books. Emily has experience in several different fields, such as working in restaurants, many chiropractic offices, and even owning and running an organic mattress store. Through all of her experiences, we will see today through our conversation how most of them are linked with a passion of hers, marketing. All of her experiences have led her to where she is today, being a content writer and the owner and founder of the group She Built This. You are for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing Emily's story as she highlights her passions of content writing, cultivating community, and entrepreneurship. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Emily Aborn. Welcome back to the No Ring Turns podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Emily Aborn. Hi, Emily. Hi, Audrey. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are just to give them a little kind of 30,000 foot view of you? Sure. I think most important to know is that I am a dog mom and my dog's name is Clyde. Um, I live in New Hampshire with my husband, Jason, and I love reading books. Like I read multiple books per month and I'm always reading or writing or listening to a podcast. Wow. How many, um, do you know how many books you read last year? I read 34, oh, sorry, 43 books last year. Impressive. I've been seeing a lot of people, um, post, uh, how many books that they completed for their 2021, like kind of roundup. So I was just curious if you had the number too. <laughs> I do keep track of the books that I read because sometimes I forget the books that I read. <laughs> That's so fun. So you said you're in New Hampshire. Is that where you grew up? I actually was born and raised in Maine for like the first nine years of my life. And then we moved to New Hampshire after that. But so for, for yes, I, I grew up in New Hampshire and also Maine. Awesome. So two places. So when you were growing up either in Maine or New Hampshire, was there any, uh, hobbies or passions that kind of marked your growing up years that you could share? 
So my little brothers and I were homeschooled actually until I went to high school. So technically I didn't even really step foot in a real school until high school. Um, so as far as hobbies went, a lot of my hobbies just consisted of playing Mm -hmm. and like devising ways to keep us entertained. But I could read when I was very, very young. Like I started reading when I was three and my mom was taking um, a medical terminology course when I was like five or six. And she had me help her quiz her all the time to get ready for the course. And I remember just like sitting on the kitchen table, quizzing my mom on like all these medical terms and loving to learn the words like hypothermia was like my favorite one. I made a whole (laughs) song about it. But apart from that, I, I think like, as far as like passions, Mm -hmm. I always was starting little businesses. Like as a kid, I started like a dog walking service. I started a newspaper. I started a gopher service where I would like run errands for people. So I was constantly like everything from like lemonade stands to antique stands. One time I tried to like put together a day camp. I would charge, I would, I would put together like these entertainment things and like charge neighbors to come watch us like jump rope and jump on the trampoline and stuff. So it was always like that. Like I was always, I was just trying to create, you know, even my little brothers, uh, when I was, I I babysat them a lot. And so I would be like feeding them lunch Mm -hmm. and I would make a list of everything in the refrigerator as if it were a menu and then like Uh act like, act like the waitress and the maitre d and like serve them their food because I was just always trying to turn everything into like a business, so to speak. So I guess my passion was just kind of like creating things, but Mm -hmm. also learning and, and, and learning in a way that was not probably traditional for a lot of kids. That's so fun. So did you make your brothers pay for lunch all the time? No, they didn't have to pay (laughs) for lunch. (laughs) Awesome. So you said that you went to an actual physical high school. So that must've been a kind of a, a turning point, a big difference in your life with having more kind of like free time in your homeschooling. And then all of a sudden being in a school. It was very different. So just to like be perfectly frank, we didn't really do much school when we homeschooled. Like (laughs) I would look through the teacher's answer key and just like find answers to things. I didn't do a lot of school. I played a lot, but I did Mm -hmm. not do a lot of school. So when we got to high, when I got to high school, uh, I remember like algebra, I was so confused. I was like, why are like the numbers and the letters in the same equation? (laughs) Like this is not, this does not compute. This is not math and reading. Exactly. Um, and then like when it came to history and social, like, you know, things that you just are like, you learn throughout your life as you go to school. I didn't, I, I, didn't know that. And I'm still not good with those things. Like I'm still not good at like knowing all the presidents and knowing all the vice presidents and the the really foundational pieces that you should know. But I will say I loved school. I loved Mm -hmm. it. I loved, loved, loved science class and like getting into the anatomy and physiology class. I loved English class. I loved it. I loved that you could like submit a paper and a test and get an instant, like, (laughs) like instant gratification with your grades, you know? That's awesome. I feel like that's like so different, like those kind of juxtapositions of kind of like you were teaching yourself almost with like the teacher's answer key and then kind of being going in the deep end of like being student all day. What were, when you were in high school, 
did you have any ideas of what you wanted to do when you got out? Did you, were you kind of sick of, of being in like a formal schooling setting or did you know if you wanted to go to college or trade school after, or did anything, um, did any events kind of like point you, uh, maybe towards the end of high school of, of what you were, uh, what would be your next best turn? I definitely knew I wanted to go to college. And I think I had a teacher that when I was 16 years old, he asked us to like sit down and like map out what we wanted our lives to look like when we were 30. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I remember creating like this day where I owned a coffee shop and I like <laughs> came, came down from my apartment, which was above the coffee shop to come open the coffee shop. And I was teaching health education classes on the side. Like I love, <laughs> I knew I wanted to like teach, you know, I wanted to use what I was learning and like teach mm-hmm. other people. I will say, I think I only chose health education because a I really loved my health teacher and my health class mm-hmm. and, and like, and like phys ed and things like that. Um, and B I had a, there was a woman that came to our school that taught about like the human body, like sh- from a chiropractic perspective and like mm. the, he- the healing that our bodies just naturally do. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated and I was like, Oh my God, when I grow up, I want to be just like this lady. So I really got onto that like health education track and, and got pretty set on it. I, I think that, you know, in retrospect, I wish I had picked something more like communications or journalism or (laughs) more, more in line with what I'm doing, Mm. but I, I, you know, you can't regret any step that you take. So no wrong turns, no wrong wrong (laughs) turns. I mean, they brought you to where you are right now. So So then when you were, did you have a lot of uh, colleges that you were kind of like deciding between, or can you walk us through that kind of decision-making for you? Sure. This is a actually kind of funny story. I think I was a little um, limited in my thinking of like where I could go because I was so fixated on this particular major community health education. So it wasn't just health education. It was like, it had to be very specific for (laughs) what I was like, because what I did in my college search was I went on and I would look at like all of the classes that were associated with each major, you know, like I broke, I don't know if everybody does this, but I went down like every single (laughs) class and I'm like, okay, this one has the, I read all the descriptions and I'm like, this is the one that has what I want. So with those three words, community health education, it Mm -hmm. definitely narrowed things down a little bit. So I was looking at three schools. I was looking at Cumberland College, which was in Kentucky. I was looking at Malone College, which was in Ohio. And the college that invented basketball, which is in Massachusetts and Springfield, that's what it is. Okay. And I went and visited two of them, the one in Kentucky and the one in Ohio. And how I chose it is really silly. I had like, I'm not even kidding you. I had like this guiding word. Like I was always like looking for this word Sterling because it was like a sign that I was on the right path. And I literally saw the word on the side of a building. And I was like, this is the college I must go to. Wow. that is how I chose my college. I think I also chose it because it was safe. Like uh-huh. my, my high school is really, really small. I graduated with six people in my class. Wow. That's and so, very tiny. Right. Right. And like the most my class ever had was 20. Um, and it just like dwindled from there as I, as I went through, but I wanted a college that felt small and safe mm-hmm. because that's what I was used to. So you know, the school in Ohio only had like 3000 students at the time. And so it felt very safe to me, but it was a really silly reason to choose the school. (laughs) Well, that's kind of 
interesting as well, like for such a specific major community health, like that a school that small had what you were looking for. I will say one cool thing about that college. I, you know how you like go stay on campuses and usually stay with like a student if you stay overnight. So you can like experience it. You can experience dorm life. I stayed in a room with the same person that is like still my friend today. So we, we, we ended up being roommates. Like we ended up living on the same floor our first year and then being roommates down the road. And so she and I are like still pals and I've been in her wedding and she's been to my wedding and all that stuff. Wow. That's really fun. That's such a cool connection after like, just kind of like a random pairing together. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. I probably ended up going to that school because of her actually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, this is fun. (laughs) Well, whoever did that pairing, they, they, they did their work. So you had your major and you had your, um, small safe school And can you kind of just walk us through what your uh, college experience was like? Because you seemed like you were very narrowed in on your passion. You kind of already alluded to that's not what you're doing today and not still the same level of uh, passion for that. So can you kind of walk us through college experience and any anything that kind of marked your story? Yeah. So my freshman year, I was really extroverted at college. I don't know what happened, but just like a switch flipped. And I, well, I mean, like kind of like the last four, uh, two years of high school, I was like this too, but I just was like very, very extroverted. I had a great time. I would do like, if someone dared me to do something, I would like do anything they asked me to do. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun and I loved my college, but mm-hmm. I felt like this made, well, first of all, it was 10 hours away from where I lived and that was a long haul. It was really expensive. And my second semester, I ended up having to pay for that instead of having student loans or instead of having, uh, the money to pay for it. Like I had to take out a student loan. Sorry. Um, so I made the decision that I wanted to narrow my focus onto just nutrition because that was like, what was really interesting to me. So I transferred back to a school, a state school closer to where my parents are. Mm -hmm. And I focused solely on nutrition. And it was in that, that I realized, like I, I studied some really exciting things at that college. Like I did anthropology and psychology, but the nutrition classes, while they were really fascinating, Mm -hmm. um, I realized it was kind of like, like with nutrition, it's not one size fits all, but when you're learning about nutrition, it's very much one size fits all and like counting every calorie and like, what, you know, what is a protein? What is a carb? What is a, all this stuff. So I, I decided I wanted to expand back into the whole community health education thing. And Mm -hmm. also my friend, my friend, Tara, the one that Mm -hmm. I originally met, she called me up. She's like, you really need to come back. So I did end up going back to that original school and I lived off campus with a group of women for the last two years of my education. And I will say like something else turned in me and I started to get like way more quiet than I had ever been in, in my first years. And I didn't really love college. Like my whole last three years of college were kind of miserable. Like my freshman year was fun and Mm -hmm. like footloose and fancy free. And then I just sort of like went inside myself and, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really have a great time. I didn't make the most of it for sure. 
And I will say that like somewhere in that, like extroversion, introversion, I found a balance, uh, Uh came back, came back to center, but that was just sort of like the whole journey in college. It was, it was like, you know, trying to figure out what I really wanted and, and that they put so much pressure on you in college too, to like figure out what your passion is and figure out what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And like, I don't know when you're 18 years old and 17 years old, it's just really hard to make some of those decisions. So, and you don't even know all the options available to you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) This week in our sponsor spot is Cafe Calidad. If you're listening to this episode on the day it releases, then Cafe Calidad has been open for a solid two weeks. Anton Adkins, our guest from the last episode, and his wife, Lisette, are the proud owners. Happy opening one. They are located at 3455 West North Street in Chicago's Humboldt Park neighborhood. Their hours of operation are Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., and Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. On their menu are a variety of options from the classic drip coffee or a cafe con leche to a fancy matcha latte. Or if you're not in need of caffeine, they also have tea and hot chocolate options. Additionally, they source vegan donuts so you can have a tasty treat with your drink. If you're in the Chicago area, go check out Cafe Calidad. The information will be in the show notes. All right, back to Emily's story. Well, it definitely sounds like you had a kind of like a high, the highs and lows uh, and everything in between during your college experience of being far away from home and right next to home at the same time. So when you graduated from uh, college, you had a degree in nutrition then? So that it would be community health education because I went okay. back to the, yeah, I know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry. So you had your original degree, which is kind of interesting because most people will change um, and probably not go back to the original of what they started with. Uh, So you graduated from college and did you have any idea of what you wanted to do at that point? Did you know that, yes, I want to go use this degree for why I started it? Or did you have some other kind of opportunities come up? I 100% knew I wanted to be a community health educator and I thought, okay, this is how it needs to look. And I applied to tons and tons and tons of jobs. I thought I was going to get like this dream job that pays you $50,000 right out of the gate, because again, that's (laughs) kind of what you're told is going to happen. And you have all the loans. Exactly. Which, yeah, that's another story for another day. (laughs) But what I, what I ended up doing um, was went back to that woman who came to speak at my high school. And I was like, look, I have my degree. I have my community health education <laughs> degree. So you can hire me to do your workshops and, and work in your office. And it was a chiropractor's office. So what she did was she would have like people do, um, health screenings at gyms. Basically you just go to gyms and like try to get people to step on these two scales and like check their back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, And that was what I started doing for her. And I did it very, very part-time. And then they kind of like worked me into working at the front desk and also leading workshops there on just very basic topics like sleep, nutrition, movement, positive mindset, that kind of thing. Um, so it did not go as planned, but it Mm -hmm. went, it went perfectly. So you were doing that right out of college 
And did that job last for a long time and continue to turn into your $50,000 a year dream or did anything else happen? Well, that's hilarious because they paid me $12 an hour. So no, (laughs) it did not turn into my $50,000 dream. So I decided from there, I worked there for a year and a half. And then I decided that I wanted to move to North Carolina. I love the warmth and I had heard so many great things about North Carolina. So I was like, I'm going to work for North or I'm going to move to North Carolina. (laughs) And I, I just, because I had experience in the chiropractic field and like the way that the chiropractor's office was structured. It's very like, um, systematized. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking for other chiropractors that use that same system and applied for jobs with them. Gotcha. Um, and I did end up working for multiple chiropractors down South, as well as many restaurants and all kinds <laughs> of things from there. So I stayed in, I stayed in North Carolina for, uh, I think another year and a half after leaving that office. Okay. So you're down in North Carolina trying to find different jobs that had your passion and could support your life. (laughs) So then what happened, what happened next for you? So my last two jobs in North Carolina were working, well, working for two restaurants at the same time, because one of them told me that I didn't have experience and I couldn't be a waitress. And I was like, Oh, watch me. So I went and got another (laughs) accepted. (laughs) Exactly. So I went and got another waitress, another job as a waitress. And I did Mm -hmm. that during the day. And then I would go hostess at night until I got good enough at the first waitressing job to become a waitress at the second waitressing job. Now I will say, I will say at the second place I worked the evening place, it was a very, very busy restaurant and Mm -hmm. I had no business being a waitress there. Like I was not experienced enough for, to keep up with that kind of busyness, but the small one, the one that I worked at for lunch, I did a great job and I was very (laughs) like, I loved it. I loved it. But there comes a point when you, if you've worked in restaurants, you get in this cycle where you work all day in a restaurant, you're working late at night, cleaning up the restaurant, then mm-hmm. you go out with all your restaurant friends, and then you wake up the next day and do it again. And it just was not like fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wasn't following. I wasn't like following my passion or like having a purpose in my life that was, that was bigger than me. So I ended up moving back to N- New Hampshire mm-hmm. <laughs> and working for the same chiropractor. No way. I- Yeah, actually, sorry. That's down the road. Um, I have to think about what I did when I first moved back. Oh, I worked for another chiropractor when I moved (laughs) back to New Hampshire. Yeah. (laughs) So I did work for that same chiropractor and we'll get into that later, but Mm -hmm. so yeah, I ended up moving back to New Hampshire and working for another chiropractor. Awesome. So New Hampshire called you back once again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you returned and you worked for a couple of different chiropractor places. And what were, was this still a fulfilling passion for you or were you exploring other avenues at this time or what was kind of your, your thought process? So for this chiropractor, I was like the marketing person and I did some of their workshops and, um, I just kind of like ran their front desk and it was, it was an hour from where I was living. And wow, that's far. I wasn't getting all the hours I needed. So it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And one day, and, and they were a little strange. So one day (laughs) I just kind of decided like, maybe I need to find something else. Well, what I found because I really wanted to be in that health field, um, was just working for like an organic grocery store. 
Okay. And that doesn't pay a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but it, but I loved it. Like I loved making, I was also doing some marketing for them, but mostly on like a day-to-day basis, I was stocking shelves and making sandwiches mm-hmm. and I really liked it. Um, and at the same time, I would like go cook for people in their homes. So like people that had lost loved ones or, or single parents, Mm -hmm. I would go make them like a week's worth of meals right in their house that they could just like warm up every night. Um, so between those two things, I really, really liked it. I did end up working for another chiropractor (laughs) in addition to those two things at the same time. So I kind of had like three things going at once. And I'm so grateful for the grocery store because that's how I met my husband. Like I met his sister first and Uh then, and I did not know that the two of them were related. She was always telling me like, you need to meet my brother. You need to meet my brother. I'm like, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And then one day he walked into the grocery store and I was like, Oh, you didn't tell me that was your brother. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so that's actually how we met. It's like, he got a cup of coffee at the grocery store. I worked at. That's so fun. Well, I'm glad you worked there. That sounds like a great, like little meat cute story. Yeah, it was, it is very cute. (laughs) Awesome. So you were having these three jobs happening kind of at the same time and balancing that. Uh, What was, what happened, what happened next for you? Did you see one of those being something that you wanted to pursue more or were you seeing another passion come to light? So because I worked at the, the chiropractor knew that I would like do the cooking for people. And in fact, Mm -hmm. she like connected me to some of the people that I could be helping. And she told me about this American couple that goes to France every year and hires a cook, an American cook to take along with them. And I was like, well, oh, wow. Yeah. I'll check this out. Sounds way more glamorous than it is because I actually ended up being like a cook, a housekeeper, a person that take the um, gentleman had Alzheimer's disease. And so Uh he needed, he needed someone to be with him like all the time. Um, so I ended up taking care of him as well and it was a lot, but I went, I ended up, yeah, I ended up going to France for four months. So that was quite an experience and also Spain, um, Barcelona. Oh, very nice. So you went to France, um, for four months and that sounds awesome. What happened when you came back? When I came back from France, so my husband and I at the time, not even boyfriend and girlfriend, we just kind of like communicated over G chat. We could never get, (laughs) we could never get Skype to work and zoom. I don't think we knew about zoom then. So we would just like chat every night, you know, we're like totally in different time zones and we chatted every single day. Um, from, I think it was like December 11th, 2011. I love how you have the specific date. Yeah. Well, I had a party and I ended up like texting him. So um, that's how I remember. But we talked like every single day I was in France. And so when I came back, I didn't really have anything. Like I didn't have a job. I didn't have anywhere to go. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay with my parents for a little while. (laughs) They live, they live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And my husband had moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. So we were now three hours apart. So we're still long distance, um, but not as long distance as France to Raleigh. 
Yes. So he and he and I dated uh, long distance. I worked in two restaurants again because I was just like trying to figure everything out. And I was living with my parents. You don't have like tons of bills when you live with your parents, which mm-hmm. is lovely. <laughs> so I worked for two restaurants and he and I dated for six months. And then I ended up moving to Raleigh and working for another the chiropractor. No, more oh. restaurants, <laughs> more restaurants, <laughs> more restaurants and a organic mattress store, which I organic just walked in mattress. Okay. So random. I know. So random. So ma- mattresses have like a lot of toxins when you, when you're talking about like foam and flame retardants and things like that. So, you know, I was interested in health and nutrition. So I like picked up this magazine one day about it and I was looking through like local businesses and mm-hmm. I called them all and emailed them all and asked if they were hiring. Well, this one, I told her I was from New Hampshire and we like had the same birthday and I walked in, mm-hmm. she's like, you're hired. So I wow. did like, yeah. So I did like marketing and sales and whatever else they needed for me to do at this mattress store. And this is how I feel like I like, this was like the first little inkling that maybe my true passion was not health and, and educating people on health. Maybe it was in the marketing piece of things, which I loved doing for this, this company. Like I just loved writing their marketing materials and like their social media posts and all of the stuff. And I had been doing this all along. I just like never put two and two together. Yeah, that's true. You kind of had mentioned in your past jobs that that's like something that you are very interested in doing in most of the chiropractic jobs that you had mentioned. So that's awesome that you were kind of able to take a pause and take a step back to see that you were interested in interested in more of the, the process of telling people and marketing to people instead of this specific niche of organic mattresses, which when you said that originally sounded like they were like going to be made of broccoli or something. (laughs) Everybody said that. Yeah. So after we, when we lived in Raleigh, we moved back to New Hampshire and I had, (laughs) and this is when I started working for that original chiropractor. Like this is when I got back into it. She did pay me $2 more an hour now. (laughs) So I had like, I mean, you have way more experience by that time. So as well earned. But we decided like we had seen the business model of this organic mattress store. And I was like, this is great. Like this can work. So my husband and I went through the whole process of opening a business, like taking out a massive business loan, put everything Mm -hmm. on the line basically. Mm -hmm. And we did it. We opened a a very successful organic mattress store, which we, um, we worked in for almost five years before kind of like making, the pivot out of that, just as like trends were going. And also it was not my passion to <laughs> talk to people about mattresses. In fact, when somebody brings up mattresses now, I'm like, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah. So that was kind of like the journey from there. Was it just like opening a, a, a store and doing it on my own and really experiencing, like I've always wanted to have a business. And mm-hmm. that was like my first dive into that. That's awesome. So you were able to kind of do what you had been interested in and kind of be the person in charge of that to give yourself that job almost. Exactly. Yeah. So you did that, you just said for five years? Yeah, it was like four and and three quarters or something. Yeah, almost five. (laughs) So four or five, five years you did that. And as you were doing that, you kind of 
noticed your pivot away from the initial organic mattresses and kind of health area. And what was happening for you in your, I guess, like last couple of years or maybe last year as you realized that you wanted to pivot out of there and maybe to something else? So two things happened. One, we looked into like, okay, are we going to scale this business? Are we going to sell this business? Are we going to close this business? And someone gave me a really great piece of advice, which was that I needed to go out and start networking and like meeting people. And Mm -hmm. so I did, I like went out and started meeting tons and tons of people. And just like that really showed me that like women entrepreneurship and the things I had been doing in my business, like what parts of my business really, really lit me up. So that was Mm -hmm. one thing. The second thing was, um, I had a very dear friend who was my age who passed away and it really taught me like she was not happy in her job and I was not Mm -hmm. happy in my job. And it made me realize how short and unpredictable life is. And like, it's not worth you doing something every single day that does not truly light you up because you have one opportunity to do what you love, you know? So I think with those two things, I, it really was like concrete that we needed to move on from this and, and find out what those things really were that lit me up. And this is where the hard work came to be honest, because Mm -hmm. when you are set on a track and you think something is your passion and you, you know, you think you're supposed to be doing things a certain way, it's kind of easy. But when somebody says, okay, now what do you really want to be doing? It gets hard and it gets Mm -hmm. scary because when you bump up against what you really want, I think that's when you're like, well, can I even really do this? Is this even really a thing, you know? Right. So yeah, that's kind of where that all, all shook out. Hey listeners, some of you may have heard a big part of my story on how I started this podcast. During my day job, I get to listen to podcasts all day long. The ones I really enjoy are the ones that encompass someone's story and their passions. Since I'm an avid podcast listener, I wanted to start sharing podcasts and podcast episodes that I have enjoyed and that I think you might as well. One podcast that I'm currently binging is called The Dropout. I started listening to this pod when it first came out and recently saw that it picked back up again. Quick summary. Elizabeth Holmes created Theranos, which was supposed to help with blood testing to be quicker, cheaper, and less painful. She was at one point deemed to be the youngest self-made female billionaire, but then lost it. I enjoyed this podcast because of the in-depth research and interviews that the podcast walks us through as it unpacks this story. If you're interested in a gripping story about money, romance, tragedy, and deception, I highly recommend putting this in your podcast queue. Podcast link will be in the show notes. So I, I, when you were talking, I thought of one more question. Um, I know that you had mentioned that your husband and you had kind of started mattress business together, but was that his full-time job as well? Or was he also working somewhere else? So he start, we, it's funny. We started both doing it together all the time, but it just wasn't like, it's not like a high foot traffic business. You know, you don't need two people to be there all the time. Um, so he went back, he, he owns a, paint company. And he went back to help or to run that alongside the other business. So it was really like, I was really the one that was in the business and working in it every single day, but he did deliveries and he did the bookkeeping. So we, we each had like roles in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was just the one that like operated the store and managed the the front facing part of the business. Okay. Gotcha. So then as you were pivoting out of, out of that business and you were kind of realizing that you liked the marketing part, what was going to be your next step as you were kind of, you were kind of saying that you, it's kind of scary to realize, Hey, I am interested in something else, but I'm not exactly sure what to do about it. And this is not my current job. That's a great question. And I think for, you know, your listeners going through this, I think the key is to let yourself experiment and fail. And Mm, that's scary. It's really scary. So like, of course I did all the things that, you know, they recommend you do. Like I made a list of all the things I love to do in my business. And I made a list of all the Mm. things I don't like to do. And I looked at, I looked at applying to jobs and then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go get my real estate license because that's ha- <laughs> it's having your own business, but mm-hmm. there's also like elements of it that, you know, it, it kind of like ticked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. However, I quickly realized when you get like, I'm not the kind of person that can just like drop everything and like go to a, an appointment. Like, I don't like that. I like to know exactly what's going to happen every single day. Mm-hmm. I like routine and structure and I don't like selling myself. I don't like selling things. And yeah. so it quickly became apparent that like being a realtor probably wasn't for me. However, in that process, I met, um, a real estate group that said they needed help with their social media. And I was like, sure, I can help you with your social media. No problem. So I started writing their social media posts. I started writing social media posts for a transport company. Um, and then I kind of broadened it. So I was like, you know, I can help you with like any administrative tasks, like any virtual (laughs) admin tasks you need. So I was a virtual assistant, but I didn't want to call myself a virtual assistant. So I called myself a professional assistant. And as I worked, like while I was working in the mattress store, I had five professional assistant clients at the same time. So I, so the, I was like applying to jobs. And my husband even said, he's like, okay, I think it's time that you go get a real job, you know? So I'm like, okay, so I'm applying to real jobs. Mm -hmm but I also have these five clients. And like, by the time it came to close the store, it was like the income was justifiable enough where I could say, you know, let's give this thing a go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I kept going with those clients and getting more clients and things like that. And I sort of honed in on like, once I realized, okay, I can't actually do like people's bookkeeping and every, and like keep their schedules and like Mm -hmm. all the stuff, like I don't want to be someone's virtual assistant. I just sort of like tightened that up a little bit back to marketing Mm -hmm. and then tighten that up even more into just like the writing part of the marketing. So it, so what I mean when I say like, you have to experiment, sometimes people look at that and, and, and sometimes you might be like, well, that's a hot mess that just can't decide what she wants. But sometimes you have to just try things Mm-hmm. to see what, see what you like and see what you don't like, because sometimes you make it too broad. Sometimes you make it too narrow and you have to figure out where those guardrails are for yourself. So, so now I am a writer and a content writer. And that all came because of kind of like just narrowing that focus down from like, I do everything. Mm-hmm. To, I, I do this and, and I do this really well. And I feel good about that. And that part was scary. Like it is scary to say, I'm only doing this when all my income is coming from doing all of these things. I definitely could see how that would be kind of rather scary 
being kind of like the yes, yes person for, yes, I can help you out with that because you want to make sure that you are having an income and repeat clients. But then at the same time, realizing that you're not very interested in doing all of these things and maybe not even that great at some of those areas as well. But then very exciting for you to realize that you do love the marketing and the writing content piece of that. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to like draw it back to like when I was a kid, because I know that's like part of your podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like just showing that we've had these things inside of us all along. And like, I just take it back to this first newspaper that I ever wrote when I was like six years old and I hand distributed it to the neighbors. And it mm-hmm. just like, it's like, it has been there all along. I just completely missed it, you know, but, but again, no wrong turns. Like I'm grateful right. for every single step because owning the retail shop gave me a lot of business acumen that I wouldn't have had just jumping into my own thing. And maybe I never would have got out of working for that chiropractor's office or working as an executive assistant, you know, like maybe that was actually the impetus that I needed to get me to where I am today. So yeah, that's so true. So what, how long ago was that when you, um, began to make this pivot? So we, we closed the mattress store in 2018. So I've been, uh, in my so current four years pivot. now. Yeah. Exciting. So you are found your kind of narrow, more narrowed focus of, uh, writing and content. And have you had any other kind of passions that have come from this as well? Um, well, I guess just like my, my love for reading and things like Mm -hmm. that, like basically anything nerdy, um, (laughs) that involves words, but you know, on the, on the side, I say on the side in conjunction, I also, run this group that supports women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I think it all just kind of like comes together with like creating community and creating community by being like our authentic, genuine selves. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of, though that, that concept sort of like trickles into both things that I do. And I would, I mean, sadly, like my work is my passion. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, I literally could be working all of the time, but I have to like, force myself to stop and find (laughs) other things that I love like reading. (laughs) Yeah. But it still has like the same kind of like, I guess, base of the reading and writing, um, that you really enjoy. Yeah. And sharing, like just sharing knowledge and tools and resources and information and things. So do you want to share a little bit more about your kind of community that you have, um, created Sure. Thanks for the question. Um, so she built, this is a, it's a online space right now for women entrepreneurs. Sometimes we've met in person, uh, in new here in new England, but most of it exists online. And it's basically like workshops that offer people resources group think when you're, cause being an entrepreneur, it can be very, very lonely and you can feel like you're sometimes just talking to yourself. And Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like that group that's by your side to like celebrate you and cheer you on and also give you some of that like critical feedback when you need it and give you, you know, tangible steps to what you should be doing next and things like that. So that's really um, the crux of it. And you can find out more if if you're interested in it at shebuiltthis.org org. Awesome. Thank you for sharing about that. I, before our interview, I was kind of looking around and I was just amazed with like how big your 
uh, group is? Oh, thank you. Yeah, we have um, 1500 on like the, the free base level. And then I think there's 75 people in kind of like the upper level paid VIP membership. That's awesome. So, so now I want to pivot um, to ask you a few more questions, but a little bit different. Are there any myths that surround your passions, either about entrepreneurship or about writing and marketing that you could share with us? Maybe things that you had believed and now have come to know are not true or things that you hear all the time. And you're like, I don't know why people are thinking this. So I have I have two. Um, One is in terms of kind of like writing and creativity. And I think a lot of times when it comes to the word passion, like, I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of my life searching for my passion or Mm -hmm. waiting, waiting for my passion or like Mm -hmm. waiting to try to figure out what the thing was instead of just being present and being like, oh, I'm doing the thing that like every step of the journey is part of the bigger picture. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of times we get hung up on that, like searching for things outside of our, outside of ourselves to like fall from the sky and hit us. And we're literally in it every single day. Like it's like passion is an emotion. You know what I mean? So like, Mm -hmm. where can I create passion in my life starting today? Um, in terms of entrepreneurship, I think that a lot of people think that you have to have everything perfect before you get started. You have to be a hundred percent an expert before you get started. And like, quite frankly, the situation is never perfect. The Mm -hmm. difference between the difference between my first business and this business was the first business. We had everything perfect. We had a business plan. We had a, you know, like shiny little PowerPoint to show the bank. We had it. (laughs) We had the floors. We had it all. Like we had the whole place, like it was beautiful inside and out. Um, and it just wasn't like, it wasn't making us happy. And this business, I literally had nothing except a laptop and Mm -hmm. it's like, makes me happy every single day and gives me a reason to wake up every single day. So the situation will never be perfect. And if you are truly on the fence and like, want to start something of your own, want to become an entrepreneur, you can start like, even while you're working your day job, Mm -hmm. you can start taking steps every single day that gets you to where you want to go. I think that's so good. That is also so true because I think that even oftentimes, like when you want to start something new, you are almost like self-sabotaging or holding yourself back. You're like, oh, it's not a perfect lineup of things, or this isn't all these ducks aren't in a row. So we're not ready to go. So maybe next week or maybe next month or something like that. So I think that's a great myth to debunk for us. All right. The next question I have is if somebody is listening and you kind of already shared one of the resources, uh, your group, but if you had any other advice for somebody who is interested in pursuing their passion, maybe some resources that, uh, you, you have learned about along the way that have really helped you, or maybe even just a piece of advice you wish you had known when you were starting out. Is there anything um, that you can share with the listeners? Um, yes. So number one is there's a book called Unfollow Your Passion by Terry Trespicio, and it just came out. I have not read it yet, but mm-hmm. I know Terry and I know of her message well. And I think that will help a lot of people that are really up against like, what is my passion? Mm-hmm. I found a lot of figuring out who I was and what I loved came when I was reflective and I spent time reading and I spent mm-hmm. time 
writing and I spent time in self-exploration. And I really think that that is like, it was like allowing myself to be really honest with myself and just mm -hmm. love what I love, you know, and love the parts of me that, that maybe I was trying to keep hidden away or I was scared to let out. Um, and like the writing piece that could be a very scary, it's very scary to be visible, I think as your true mm -hmm. self. And so that was definitely a resource just like that you can do for free starting at home. You can get out your notebook and start thinking yeah. of these things and finding, finding there's a great, um, resource by Michelle Obama called becoming, and it's like mm -hmm. a journal that helps you like list yourself and just like things like that, that help you to like learn more about yourself and what you love. Awesome. Those are some great resources and we'll link those in the show notes for sure. Uh, and I guess what, one more thing, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> um, the best, the best piece of advice in like, when I was getting ready to close that mattress store, the best piece of advice that I had already mentioned was like connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. And I really, really stand by that. Like, you never know what the person that you're connecting with, like, you never know what is going to happen from that connection, you know, mm -hmm. and it could change your life. Like the next stranger you meet could change your life. And so I think just always being open to meeting others and connecting with others. And maybe it means you have to put yourself out a little bit there, out there a little bit to do that. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I think that is the other piece, like the other resource that again, you can do it for free, usually maybe four bucks for a coffee or something, but <laughs> to, to just take that step and like meet somebody. Yeah. I think that's some great advice. And some other people who have shared on the podcast have kind of shared that in different formats as well. So I like that you have reminded us, um, about that just because you never know with you sharing the, what you're going through or part of your story that you sharing that with somebody, they could be sharing it with somebody else that could connect you eventually and be part of your next step of what you're going to do. Exactly. so much for joining us each week as we listen to our awesome guests come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. I'm so humbled and honored that you would choose to download and listen to these conversations every other week through inviting me into your earbuds, your car, your Google home, your Alexas, wherever you listen. Thank you so much, friend. I am so grateful for you. Can you do me a favor? If you've not already subscribed to the podcast yet, would you do that in whichever podcast player app that you're using to listen to us on today? If you're already subscribed, then thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. It makes a huge difference. I would love it if you could share this show with a friend. I find out about so many different shows through recommendations from friends. Maybe some of you have found out about this show through a friend sharing it with you. Lastly, would you please leave a rating or review on whichever podcast player app you're listening to us on? Thank you so much. I know these things may seem super small, subscribing, sharing the show, leaving a rating or review, but they make a huge difference to new listeners finding the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for listening, and for cheering on the No Wrong Turns pod. Thanks for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. All right, back to Emily's story. All right. So we have a question that we ask everybody who comes on the podcast, and that is what is fueling you today? What's fueling your passion? So this could be anything from a new coffee drink, a new TV show that you found, a new walk that you like to do. Yeah. So it could be anything. Uh, so what's fueling you today? 
Well, that is a fantastic question. So I'm a big time, um, podcast listener, and I guess I would have to say that that is what's fueling me today because I like, I, when I take my walks in the morning and I sit on my rowing machine every day, I like get Mm -hmm. all jazzed, jazzed up listening to podcasters. And some of them are my friends, like, um, yeah. Angela Lucier's claim the stage podcast. She's like a very, she's a dear friend of mine. And I just love listening to podcasts and like getting, there's so much knowledge and a wisdom in people's pot in like what other people are sharing right around mm-hmm. you and so easily accessible. So I guess that would be my answer. Awesome. We could talk about that for an entire hour. <laughs> well, we love podcasting here. Obviously this is a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. And Um, I love the mission and like the, the focus of your podcast. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, so as we close out here, lastly, I just wanted to ask if you could share with the listeners where they can, um, if they want to connect with you or find you, um, how could they best do that either Instagram website or in a Facebook group. So if you could share that with us, we would greatly appreciate it. Sure. I think the best way to find out how to connect to all the things is, um, emilyaborn.com and that's Emily Aborn with a acorn with a B acorn.com. <laughs> and you can find like my Instagram and everything. And I try to keep my like about page sort of fun and, and footloose and fancy free with fun facts and things like that. So I think that's the best way to like, get to know me. Awesome. Perfect. We'll link that up in the show notes. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks so much. Friend, this was an amazing conversation with Emily. It was awesome to see all of the pivots that Emily took as she uncovered the link between most of her jobs to find her passion to be marketing, something that she was doing in several of her jobs already. She summed it up perfectly when she said, every step of the journey is a bigger part of the picture. All of those steps in seemingly different directions for her led her to where she is today of being a copywriter and founder of She Built This. I hope that you were all encouraged today from Emily's story and her passions. My prayer is that you would consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. See the show notes for our music credits. All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And I will see you back here next time with Samantha Flynn, founder and owner of Juniper Public Relations. Hey, friends, you have just listened to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host, and I am so happy that you joined us here today. If you like what you listen to, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing new shows every other Tuesday and have awesome guests come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter and your podcast player app so you'll never miss an episode. See you next time.